episode 28. Second I time's the charm. Don't don't know how to say it in Spanish or any other language. Oh, I don't either. I, I wanted a to lot give of it Spanish. a I want to give it a try. You want to give it a try? I wanted to. I don't anymore. I don't know <laughs> I don't know how you say it. So it's one thing that we could have done during the quarantine is like learn a new language. Yeah, but I didn't. Me either. I didn't, I didn't learn how to play the guitar better. I don't want to play guitar at all. That was my goal when Jack was born four years ago. Go. Like I'm <laughs> over here like Canadian. <laughs> Gotta go. Go. Uh, I have my dad's old guitar. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to learn. But you didn't. I've owned like four or five guitars in my life. Yeah. Basses. They just sit there. Electric. Yeah. Guitars. All stuff. I just. It's not that dedicated. And it should be. Because yeah. I have. Like all my friends can play the guitar. I can't. But I enjoy listening, so maybe yeah. I'm just the yin to the yang maybe, of that. Maybe maybe you're the ears. I just need to listen and enjoy. Maybe that's your role. Which I'm down. I went through a season where I played a lot of guitar. I could play the spoons a little bit. Just a little clack, 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 clack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not, not great, but I can a little bit. I, I was playing a lot of guitar uh-huh. um, for church here. Yeah. And when the pandemic happened... That pretty much just stopped. stopped completely, and I'm afraid that I've like lost all the. But you have it in your office, and every now and then you grab I'll just, it. I just I will randomly as I, I'm like walking. We will be out, in the office all of a sudden. I hear just. I hear you playing. I'm like, whoa, okay, okay. And then I put it back down and continue about my day. You were playing once, and then I showed you a video of somebody playing it. The guitar. It was some old like some old like TV show. Yeah, and it was awesome. And you're like, oh, oh what was? Oh, it was. Uh, and you were like, it was the guy from Hee Haw. Yeah, it wasn't Hee Haw. The show he was on. He was on like the but odd he was, couple. Yeah, or the he odd was on, couple, and he was going bananas. It was bonk. It was incredible. I wish I knew that guy's name. Everybody would know who we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Not everybody. Bigger guy, stout guy. Yeah, he was like the main guy on Hee Haw. Yes, and he was playing. He I've was, never seen anything like he that. He was rip. It was awesome. And then you just put your guitar down. I just said it. I was like, thanks, buddy. Well, I'm not playing anymore today. Well, sorry about that. But I thought you would appreciate it because I appreciate good guitar. Like electric and steel. Let me see a little steel guitar. It's all good. But I feel like instead of using the pandemic to expand my horizons to learn new things i just got really entrenched in the things that i already do like axe and wood we chop a ton of wood we chop way more wood during the pandemic than we ever have you know made a bunch of axes which it's crazy now that we moved we're really close to you so we can hear you you chopping the, the whacking and mary beth texted me the other day and said I heard it, then I heard Chris <laughs> yell. Oh! I get like very minorly injured at every least time. every day. That's what your wife said. Smashed finger. That's what. Piece falls off and hits my toe. Yeah. Some earth goes, I hope Chris is okay. I heard him yell chopping wood or just, whatever. just got to let out a bellow. Oh, good word. Yeah. Word of the day. Word of the day. Bellow. Bellow. B-E-L-L-O-W. It means to exclaim. In a gruff voice. I made all that up. <laughs> I'm not even sure I spelled this it right. It's not that much of an educational podcast. It's really not. Um, we could do a word of the day, though. We could do a word of the day. Hey, we did get another comment on our... Um, oh, let me pull it up so I can read it. On our... Reviews, right? We got, a, t- we got a review on Apple Podcasts. 
And now I'm not seeing it because I don't know how to do any of this. <laughs> but I don't know the name. It may have been Jeff Taylor. It was JT something. JT14-2020. That's got to be him. That or... Um, Jethro Tull. It 100% was Jethro Tull. Uh, it said, Peach and Chris are awesome, real dads and real believers, sharing their thoughts and faith. There is something here for everyone. Could have been Jonathan Taylor Thomas. <laughs> that would have been JTT. <laughs> he dropped that middle T. He's like, I'm an adult now. <laughs> We're not having that third T. I'm not a child. It's like Samuel L. Jackson. You ever hear anybody call Samuel L. Jackson, mm. Sam Jackson? And you're like, who is that? Sam Jackson. I'm not saying that. Be respectful. Be respectful. The L is important. So our kid's name is Samuel. That's right. I should call him that. Samuel G. Peach. Samuel G. That has a ring to it. If he's ever going to run for president, it's going to be Samuel Samuel G. G. Peach. Peach. President Peach. President Peach. I I don't want him to have that job. That's the worst job. (laughs) (laughs) If there is a worst job, that has to be up there, right? Way up there. Like, would you rather be president or... Like, I don't want to say any jobs are worse than others, but like, think about um, micro and like dirty jobs. Yeah. Some people would say those are bad jobs. I don't say those are bad jobs. Those are good, hardworking jobs. Right. All that he did, if you're a plumber or you're yeah, digging man. ditches, whatever, would you rather like work for the city digging ditches or be president? Digging ditches. Yeah, absolutely. No, no hesitation. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm an outside cat anyway. Yeah, <laughs> I'm an outside cat, and I don't like, I don't like people telling me what to do. That sounds like exactly the opposite of being president. Yeah. <laughs> so pr- pretty much anything. Yeah. I could see you being like a, a, a which a buddy of mine, John Ball, John Ball. You don't listen to this, but if you do, what's up, buddy? A fraternity friend of mine. He was like, he became like a park ranger and stuff. That sounds awesome. That sounds so cool. Yeah. Doing some trails, making sure everything's Just okay. Hanging out in the safe. woods, man. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. I mean, I'm sure there's horrible parts of that job, but you probably stumble upon lots some of situations weird and you're like, you get called. Yeah. I don't get paid enough for this. That's my guess. But the other time when you're like, we need to preserve these trees, let's plant some more. Let's mm-hmm. make this trails. Okay. Let's make these stairs yeah. safe. They probably do a lot of other things. I don't know what they do. Yeah. So we but. went to, I don't know if we ever talked about this on the podcast. We went to California for you did sister-in-law's wedding. Yeah. In uh, November. I've never been to Cali. To, uh, I've been to LAX for a second. That's gotcha. It. To be a like a park ranger. Oh, in, like, out, out there? National Park. That's got to be like the best job. Now, if you were like the guy, yeah. I don't know what the guy's name is. Like park chief. Is that a thing? I don't know. But there has to be like the guy in <laughs> the charge. <boss. laughs> there has to be someone yeah. in charge. He doesn't. Sure. He doesn't go outside. Yeah, he's in the office. He's in the office. You want to be. You just want to be some guy. You want to be hands on the ground. Maybe supervisor. You want to have that cool tan truck. Yeah. Big F-250. Yes, that tan truck. Big brush guard on it. Snow plow, maybe. Yes. Well, out there, you probably need it. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, There's a bunch of snow on the ground when we were there. But, like, there was a park ranger, and it seemed as if his only job was, hey, there's a bear down the street. Go look at it. (laughs) <laughs> and people were, but, but don't get too close don't get too close but go look at it it was a black bear I was surprised how small black bears are I've only seen one black bear <clears throat> in um, Gatlinburg yeah we were on a trail and yeah. it was a baby one yeah but we were like let's let's get out of here let's watch out <laughs> there's a baby there's yeah. a mama somewhere yeah 
That's true. But it was fun. All his cars stopped. But yeah. We were like in our car. So yeah. it wasn't like we were on a trail. In the middle of we nowhere. were in our car and just haphazardly parked on the side of the road and got out. and looked Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. what everyone did. There was like a traffic jam in Gatlinburg. Yeah. On the, it was on this weird back road. But everyone always stopped. And I was like, what is, what is this? And everyone's looking at this bear. He's a bear. It's be pretty awesome. Yeah. Anyway. Well, hey. There are lots and lots and lots and lots of jobs I would take before president. And also, nobody wants me as president, so that's not that's we're not we're not we're not fighting the will of the people. Guys, here. we are fighting. I think in twenty twenty one, one of my goals for this podcast is to do a little merch. Oh, that's a cool thing. A podcast now, no <laughs> one wants to buy what we have to say, but I think we <laughs> might make Richardson twenty twenty four shirts. We and the back you. of it says, "Nobody wants me as president." Nobody <laughs> wants me. I would rather be a park ranger. <laughs> it will look like a park ranger shirt, and but it says. President of the parks. And, and uh, another another shirt idea is just a, we have to get a, a rendering of a cheetah bear. So I got on, on more text messages this week and phone calls <laughs> from people in Memphis and whatnot saying I was rolling at cheetah bears. Hey, Baldy. Hey, Baldy. Cheetah bears. And I was like. So it's a it's it's a, it's a rare species a only bear. in the hills of Is that Judea. like a liger? <laughs> is that. Hey, but ligers are real. Oh, true. According to Joe Exotic, <laughs> I will never financially recover from this. Cheetah bears may not, may actually be real. You, hey, I don't know. I don't know either, and I'm okay. I haven't with that. spent that much time in the woods. You got to embrace the mystery of life. And this creation. is not what we're talking about today, guys. Whoa, actually, we're talking about something pretty serious. serious. Yeah, so let's not cool. So we're gonna have fun now. Yeah. Do you believe in Bigfoot? No. <laughs> You don't. <laughs> this is the alien conversation all over again. Do we talk about that in the alien conversation? No, but no. I don't. You know, I, I don't. You don't believe in aliens. aliens I for sure believe in aliens. We just landed on Mars this week, dude. Yeah. Do you find any aliens? Well, I mean, I wasn't there, but I I haven't gone through all the footage that they sent back yet, so <laughs> I can't say yes or no. I feel like that'd be top in our Twitter that we'd see in the How morning. How far away is Mars from here? Not close. Yeah. Is it like millions of miles? Is, or is it like hundreds of thousands of don't, miles? Don't, don't, don't. Just not even going to go Don't there. make me. Because <laughs> I'm going to say like 12, okay. and it's going to be wrong. 1,200, 12,000, 12 million, yeah. I don't know. It's far. It's a long And I way should away. know as much that we have watched online and on TV about the little um, the rover. rover. It's not rover. It's uh, Perseverance oh, is what good. it's called. Nice. Yeah. How long, like, how long ago did they launch that? Like three days ago? No way. Yeah. It so just why can't we put, send people there? Well, I think that's the trip? plan. Have you, have you followed Elon Musk? For some reason, I thought it took like years to get to Mars, and that's why we can't send people there. I don't think so. Okay. Total Recall scarred me as a child. Yeah. That's a side note. Oh, anyways, you don't, you don't believe in Bigfoot. No. Should I? I I want to. Okay. <laughs> I want to. Just is that is that helpful to you in some way? Yeah. Okay. Um. Hey, we need a jingle, but we need one of two jingles. I know. Well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for a Bible buffoon's global update. <laughs> hey, we got a new country. It's out there. It's happening. Sunday, you text me, which. I enjoyed because I always text you. you. T- I was the one watching out this time. I'm always the one every day checking our analytics. Do we have new countries? How many new listeners? And guys, you guys have been 
awesome. I guess sharing this to other people because we have every week more and more listeners. Um, this so. doesn't work without you. No, because uh, we we don't market this in any significant one way. One Instagram a week. That's it. And one Facebook and tweet a week. Yeah. And that's on Thursday mornings around eight thirty. There you go. And then we're done. And that's it. But we have a new one. Yes. Vietnam. Vietnam. Crazy. That's awesome. Like I would think like Mexico, uh-huh. somewhere close, adjacent. Guatemala, US somewhere adjacent. around there. This is Vietnam. That's way out there. That's awesome. Yep. So shout out if you're a listener in Vietnam. If you come back, we're glad you're here. Welcome. Yes. We're so glad. What episode did they listen to? Was it the last one? I think the last one. How about that? They were, just, they were, in, it, they were in it for the comedy. They were in it for the cheetah bears and the spicy remarks in the Bible. And too bad this one is not going to have too much comedy, except for this first part. <laughs> hey, but sometimes these these sort of culturally significant ones catch a little attention, so you never know. So let's just go ahead and dive into it. Let's do it. Because I don't know how long this is going to last. Yeah. Uh, I think we can talk about this for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, th- and this is not something, so it's culturally new, mm. but this is not something that is new. Yeah. This is something that has gone on. It's culturally. And I even think about like David. Yeah. In it's the Bible, culturally right? relevant right now, but this has literally been happening forever. As long as people have. I mean, it just has to, right? This is, yeah. this is a human problem. So um, we don't know what we're going to title this. Yeah. But um, my working title in my head and what we're kind of thinking about is like maybe the rise and fall mm. of a celebrity pastor. Yeah. Um, celebrity preacher, celebrity minister, whatever you want to call different tribes have different names, priests, bishops, whatever you want to call ministers. Yeah. All the above. But, um, we're going to talk a lot probably about the fall of it. Yeah. But I want to start with mm. the rise. Sure. So how, how does that? And so, I mean, we can look in, um, I mean, we can say a few names, which is what made us kind of think yeah, about this. What, what and this is also, we're not over here like putting someone on blast or we're yeah. not over here doing secrets. This has been in New York times. This has yeah, been yeah. on the news and stuff like that. So you have like Carl Lentz yep. out in Hillsong, um, whichever Hillsong was it New York. Yeah, I think so. I think, I think Hillsong, New York, he got put out where he was not, um, faithful to his wife right. apparently for years. Yep. Um, and I want to set some groundwork. We're over here knocking people's sin. Mm-mm. We struggle. Me and you struggle yeah. with a lot of things. Yeah. Like, so we're not saying like, and I'm not over here ranking sins either. Mm-hmm. This is more about the culture of becoming a celebrity pastor and then preacher, minister, bishop, priest, whatever you want to say. Yeah. And then how does that, what is that weird dynamic yeah. in that? We, we should We should say to start with, the perspective that we're bringing to this conversation is sort of twofold. Yeah. One, it's from an understanding of the pressures and uh, attacks that anyone working in ministry faces. Um, that's just a reality, whether you are no-name people like I mean, we you are. Could be or at like Hillsong, one of the biggest churches yeah. ever, or you can be at a 75 member country church. If you, yeah, it doesn't if matter. you're in a leadership role, you are under pressure. You carry emotional burdens and spiritual burdens and you are 
a target and a face yes of and a face the church so that's that's one part of the perspective we bring the other part is an acknowledgement that we are like no name people so like we can't relate to some of the celebrity side of this so it's yeah. like i mean one we're we're not the preacher we are a right. student minister yeah. and a connections minister so that's fundamentally different yes yeah people we, think about we're not us the differently face. we actually that. have rules at our church not rules but we have rules at our church like if anything's to happen here yeah we are one of the last in line to be on camera to talk <laughs> about it <laughs> I, I, I think this is it's, out before you got here but the there has been like <laughs> We have a preacher and we have an executive minister. And yeah. they said, if anything was to happen, if there was a robbery, if there was yeah. anything that was to happen here, we had a fire here yeah. um, back this summer and the news crew came and it's like, we have two people on staff that are allowed to be in front of the camera yeah. on things like that. Yeah. Now I've been interviewed, you've been interviewed about backpack block parties yeah. and things we have going on, but yeah, like so, we are told you're you're not the face, which right. I'm like, amen. Like, yeah, you, I shouldn't be the face of anything, <laughs> um, uh, of that. But yeah, so we're not there, and again, we're not knocking these people for yeah. their sin that they've done. We all struggle with a lot of different things, um, but it is a unique deal that we're in right now. I mm. think with social media, but again, I, this happened back. You're right. From since they're people yeah. of this power dynamic, and there was off, uh, and there was also um, Ravi, yeah, Ravi Zacharias, yeah, yeah, and he, um, he he's a big Christian apologetic. He passed away this past year, a uh, twenty twenty, right? I think it was a twenty twenty. Huge name in the, ev- the evangelical community, evangelical apologetic community, preached and, all around the world. And it has come out that he also did some pretty bad stuff. Yeah. Um, and it's come out afterwards mm. and there were some allegations when he was there or alive. Um, and so we just want to kind of dive into, but like we talked about, those are, those are huge names yeah. that everybody knows about, but we know of probably twice as many examples personally yeah. of small community preachers, community ministers, yes. people with influence who got wrapped up in the exact same thing that you'll never read about in the New York Times. This is a constant issue for people in leadership. Absolutely. So let's talk at the first, why, why do you think that we have this culture of, in the quotes, celebrity pastor? Now, Talking the big ones, talking the mega churches, but also the local 100, 200 member church, whatever it may be. Why, why is there this deal where we put ministers, specifically preachers Mm. up on this higher pedestal? Why do you think that is? I have two ideas. Oh, sweet. One kind of goes back to our cancel culture episode. Okay. Man, we just love to put people up on a pedestal and think that they are something other than human. Human. Um, And as much as we love putting people on pedestals, we love it when they fall off. We are quick to put them up (laughs) and we are quick to take them down. So that's one thing. The other thing is, I think specifically in church culture, people want a hero. People want 
a champion. People want their pastors and their preachers to be like this Christian superhero. Um, And so there's all this pressure and there's all this expectation that, all right, you're the guy. So you got to be more than I am. I'm just, I work at a bank or something, you know, it's like, <laughs> I'm a park ranger. What right, am I doing? Right. But you, you know what I'm but saying? You're in this spot. I think it's just, I think it's human nature to want to elevate people that we look up to, but then it's a specifically like Christian religious thing that we want our leaders to be these sort of superhero, super Christian people that are perfect. I think that's the word. I think we want them to be perfect. We, we want them and we, yeah. And, and I think it goes back to a big issue that the church has is people being, people being hypocrites. Yeah. And we think that if you're in that leadership role, like, yes, there is a vetting process to hire. I mean, a lot of churches do it different ways. I can just speak the way that the few churches that I've worked at is like, yeah. you have a committee, you have an eldership, you have a group that says, we've done the best we can to vet you. Like you have no, you know, like criminal record and all that stuff, but we've also sat with you and know your heart to know yeah. who you are and know your passions and yeah. your love for God and your love for people and the church. And we feel like you fit here. Right. But they don't dive into, and they shouldn't, and they don't know like everything that we struggle with Sure. to put you in this position. And I, and I don't know if people in the church think that. Right. Of like, hey, if you're in that position, then you better have everything perfect and in right. line and in order. Mm. And that's not the case. Yeah. Because we're human, because we're broken, because mm. we're fallen people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think we want to put people up in that special realm of yeah. If you're on stage and you have a microphone, yeah. And you're and you're speaking to us, then you better have your stuff together. Yeah. And that's not a way. That's never, that's never the case. Yeah. Not always. That's never the case. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, yeah. And then just having that, I think it's a struggle. And then even if it's a 200 member church or a 20,000 member church, a hundred thousand member church, it, 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 there, there is a fight and a struggle within ministers mm. of, Maybe not wanting that label, but wanting to do the best you can. And not that you want, and I'm sure, well, and I know that there are people that are in that position that want all eyes on them. Yeah. They want to be the face of that. They want people to see me. You should listen to me because look what I have to say. I right. say, and people flock to that. Yeah. And sometimes they try to build themselves up. Right. And say, no, I want you to put me on a pedestal because yeah. I want you to see me. I want this many followers. I want this many people at my church. I want to have seven services. I want to preach five times on a Sunday. Right. I want to speak at this event and that event and on this conference and that conference and want to have that power. Mm. Um, which I, again, also question that. Like <laughs> if you get that just by just being a really good preacher yeah. and a really good speaker, great. Yeah. But if you're seeking out like, why aren't I speaking at that conference? Mm. And I think that's a struggle yeah. for everybody in their jobs, but I think it is a big struggle for just ministers, even student ministers. Mm-hmm. We have a bunch of a bunch of conferences and a bunch of camps and a bunch of things. And it's like, well, why aren't they calling me to speak? Yeah. I think I'm better than that person speaking. I I would like to be on stage. Yeah. And the lights are bright. Mm. At a small church, 
where you don't have lights <laughs> or at a big conference where you got lots of lights and yeah. a big microphone and a big audience. And there's that, which I think it comes down to really ultimately this pride struggle Yeah. of, I feel like I should be there. I want to be there. Cause you want to be the best youth minister, communications minister, preacher. You want to do good, good at your job. Right. And great at your job. Yeah. But does that come with, what is your ultimate goal? Yeah. So like most things in life, in ministry, everything, this isn't, I don't really think this is super black and white. No, no. And I think it is, there's a, there's a thin line because, you know, like first Timothy five, you know, when it's kind of talking about how to, how to treat your elders, that, that whole section, there's a passage that says the elders who are good leaders are to be considered worthy of double honor. So it talks about honoring your elder, especially those who work hard at preaching and teaching for the scripture says, do not muzzle an ox while it's treading out the grain and the worker is worthy of his wages. So honor is a totally appropriate response for a person in leadership. That's what the Bible says, but where it gets a little, a little fuzzy is where we, where we talk about entitlement versus honor versus dishonor versus neglect. So like there's this spectrum of how a church can interact either appropriately or inappropriately with its leaders. When honor, rightly deserved honor, crosses the line into entitlement. And that's the key, yeah. That's where you're getting into a bad spot, but it can go the other way too. Like when honor crosses the line into dishonor or a lack of respect or even neglect, like when we start treating the preacher like he's nobody special, that's wrong too. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So it's it's not it's not this clearly defined path that man of churches will just follow this. They're going to be perfect. It's nuanced and it's complicated and it's person by person. But I think the big deal here, especially when we're talking about celebrity culture, is this distinction between entitlement yeah. and 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 rightly deserved honor. And and I can't speak for a lot of other tribes and denominations in this. Of course, we work in the Church of Christ. Right. That's all that I really know. Now, I know other preachers. Which is funny to me. Like, I feel like lately we've talked a lot about how you didn't grow up Church of Christ, but like you've exclusively worked in Churches of Christ, right? That's it. That's funny to me. I don't know Well, the... From sixth grade on, I went to a private school that was a Church of Christ school. So Friendship was a Church of Christ school? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, so... And all my friends, I would say 99% of my friends went to So you kind of got pulled into the culture at that yes. point? Okay, cool. Yes. And so that's But you come how. from like a Baptist Catholic background. Yes, yes. Your um, family. Yes, yeah. Baptist, Catholic. Um, but then myself, when I chose to go to church on myself, it was Church of Christ because- That's where all your friends all, were. All, all my your friends were there. Yeah, yeah that's, that's where we went. And that's all I know where, you know, where it comes to working mm. is yeah. how this kind of pans out. Um, but there is this deal where churches and yeah. and it's not the fault of the minister mm. where they do elevate them. Right. Where whatever conference or thing, it's like we elevate these speakers and these people to um uh, of of you you do deserve this honor. Yeah. And enough where it's like we're gonna give you a house 
we're going to give you a car. Yeah. We're going to give you an Parking assistant. Spot. There was a church. So the first church I worked at in Nashville, Murfreesboro Road, there was this massive Baptist church. Like, I'm not going to call any names, really, but it, it was this massive church. Yeah. That was well known. Yeah. And this is my first church working job. I'm working at this 200 member church, <laughs> and this is a like 10,000 member church. And there's parking spots that say pastor so-and-so and first lady come on. And they had their own parking spots like at the door. He had his own assistants and guards that would like drive him places. And, and I've heard stories of like people at the grocery store wanting to go talk to him and his team's like, no, sir, he's not taking any comments. And they're like, but I, but I go to his church. <laughs> like I give money every week. Yeah. <clears throat> this is the same preacher who they like gifted him a new Mercedes. Yeah. And it's like they, we, there's some churches in some areas that like put that on them. Right. And build them up. And, and that feeds right into the entitlement of like, well, then I do deserve this. Like, yeah. Like you want to be loved and shown that. And you want to be like, Hey, this is cool. Yeah. Like I got people that work for me and the people that do stuff for me and I'm seen as this, but I, one, I think that puts a bad light on ministers mm. and on the church and right. on the gospel. And I think that that shines a bad shadow on the rest of it mm. where it's like, why do you think you're better than everyone else? And, yeah. and they might not think that, Yeah. but the things around them are lifting them up above everyone else. Yeah. And kind of say that on there. And so, um, I think when it comes to the rise of a celebrity, because again, you could be the preacher at a podunk, mm. middle of nowhere, Tennessee, Alabama, Mississippi, <laughs> North Dakota church. Yeah. And you're by yourself and people are going to give you things and people are going to look at you and people are going to go to you when they have marital problems, right. when they have health problems, when they have children problems, when they have self problems, when they have all these problems and they seek you out to say, you can fix me. You can fix this. Your words to God are greater than mine. And they mm -hmm. look to you and say, I'm going to put this on you yeah. because you are somebody holy and special. Yeah. And I think that gets like a little cloudy as well. Like, no, my words aren't any special on yours. I'm not the Pope. <laughs> yeah. And even the Pope. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. and it's almost like that's a Pope. You have this Pope mobile. You got this dope hat. Like, <laughs> I want that. But, but you can be at a small town church. And it probably happens more in a small town church. Yeah. Where you are the it's minister in that. town yeah. when you go to eat lunch and you go to the grocery store, people know you mm. um, and they talk to you because you are that preacher in town. Um, I was taking a class in grad work and I, I forget what class it was, but I think I was the only Church of Christ and it was at a Church of Christ school, mm. but I was the only Church of Christ that was taking this class. So we yeah. had a lot of different um, you, know, you know, denominations and this kind of came up of why do we put preachers higher? And, you know, someone said, well, in our community, uh, we put two people up in that, in that really high position. He's like, we put doctors mm. and we put preachers. Yeah. And I was like, why? I was like, 
but one cares for your body and one cares for your soul. And that's the two most important things is your body and your soul. Mm. So we lift them up higher yeah. and they deserve that. Oh, okay, good. But that, but that's not what they're called to do. Yeah. They're called to help you with your soul. They're called to help you with your walk with Christ, but yeah. don't be quick to put them up there. Yeah. I think, um, there's a, there's, there is a place, you know, for honor and respect. And then here's the key word for me, care. Okay. You know, if you look at that, that first Timothy, you know, the last little part of that is like the worker is worthy of his wages. So like, what is the hard work of, of a preacher, of a Ooh. minister? It's, you really do carry significant spiritual and emotional burdens for yourself and for the people that you're ministering to. So if we're talking about ways that we can better care for people in those positions and give them healthy rhythms of life yeah. where, where they can get away and disconnect and recharge and have their soul filled up, absolutely we should pay special attention and care for those people but if we're talking about status oh yeah there is no status in the kingdom of god right we oh, are yeah. all at at people say that that the the cross is <laughs> is the ultimate level ground all people are equal there so as it relates to ravi zacharias yes and somebody with no influence if they belong to Jesus, we are co-laborers in the kingdom. We are all under that banner of Christ. Yep. And there's no, yeah. So, but if we're talking about care, absolutely. I think people in those, in those more visible roles, the ones that are expected to do hospital visits, do crisis counseling, do this Marriage and this yeah. and this. We put so much. We could go right now and Brett, you know, our preacher is in his office right now. We could call him in. <laughs> and say the last month, how many calls have you gotten? Yeah, and he'd be like, "We don't have enough time." And he takes them, and he, he takes, takes the calls, and he'd be like, "I don't have enough time to go yeah. with you," and I won't tell you yeah. <laughs> because he shouldn't, right? But of COVID and mm. sickness and cancer and death and, and death marriage troubles, and, and, I mean, the list goes on and on, and people throw those burdens, yeah, and on what them. that's exactly right. What happens is, yeah, people unload. That load doesn't go into oblivion. Whoever is receiving that call, it takes just, that load. Like a backpack full of yep. bricks and just over and over. And, and that backpack doesn't get any smaller. Mm -mm. And, but, but the way we unload it is by taking care of those people emotionally, spiritually, and even physically. I mean, even as a minister, yeah. I, I mean, for me, myself, and it shouldn't be, my cell phone's always on. And yeah. there are times where I've gotten those calls at midnight. Yeah. And I've gotten those calls at 6 a.m. And we need you. We need to talk. Yeah. This is happening with our child. This is happening with our family. This is happening. And I, I'm so blessed that people at church feel like they can come to me because sure. I want that. That's our job. Yeah. Um, yeah I, not that I'm the savior and not that I can do this. If they go to somebody else, what I tell our teens is we want a five to one ratio, right? We want you to have five adults in your life that you can speak to. I'm not Superman. I don't get <laughs> mad when a teen goes to you or Mary Beth or another parent yeah. 
and like really talks to them, I don't need to know all that stuff. Right. We just hope that you go and find help. Sure. But a lot of times it gets to the person that has a title. Right. So it goes to the minister. Um, Sometimes people just go on a website and find a name and a number and call and call it. you. And you never know what's going to happen. Well, and we've talked about this with our online connection card now with our churches. We used to get, you know, with our little two, three, two or three in yeah. like our little pew card where you can yeah. write down your prayers. And we always say, we want to pray for you. Our yeah. staff, our shepherds, our ministers, we want to pray for you. Yeah. We get two or three, but our online, we're getting stuff from we New get Jersey. We get 20 a week. Yeah. And we're, yeah, we're getting 20 plus a week of people yeah. just unloading saying yeah. death and hurt and sickness and depression and anxiety and pain and job loss and whatever it is. And it's hard for us not to take that a little bit, right? And say, yeah. how can I help? Yeah. Um, well, and that's, that's, that's not just a part of our role in ministry. It definitely is but it's a part of our role as part of the family of God is that we bear one another's burdens. Yeah. Bearing one another's burdens means I'm taking some of your burden on myself to help and you walking out. with you. Yes. Um, but that's a heavy, that's a heavy deal. Yeah. I mean, and people in these, in these super visible roles, the preacher, the speaker, the yeah, whatever, yeah. they face that more than anybody else. Absolutely. So if you're thinking about getting into ministry, this is not a nine to five job. Like yeah. you're going to get those midnight phone calls. You're going to get texts and emails in the morning that say, you know, I need you ASAP. Yeah. And you're like, okay, I, that's what I have put myself in is to help them out as much as possible. Yeah. Again, not that we can fix it. Not that my words are greater to God than your words, Yeah. but they feel like they can unload and that's good. But that can also lift me up of like, well, yeah, people are coming to me. I can fix it. Mm. And that burden. And I think one of the big you know, issues as we kind of do the rise of any kind of minister, I think the fall of a minister is that there is nowhere for, uh, the, not nowhere, there's very little places for me and you and preachers to go for us to unload. Right. We, especially, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. We have to hold it in. Yeah. Now, we because of the expectation, we don't because that we ain't got no problems. We don't have to hold it in. We yeah. shouldn't hold it in. Yeah. That's the last thing that we should do. But there's always that little nagging feeling. It's like, oh well, if I share, when's the last time that a preacher yeah. went forward exactly on, on a on a Sunday morning to yeah. say, I'm dealing with depression, yeah. I'm dealing with anxiety, I'm yeah. dealing with pornography, I'm dealing with super rare, whatever it is, because yeah. then everyone goes, then why are you leaving me? Why are you me? the preacher? Then why are you <laughs> telling me what to do when you're yeah. not doing it? Yeah. But I think having this healthy having this healthy expectation yeah. that whoever is in front of that microphone, they are not perfect. Yeah. Um, they may be striving to be mm -hmm. and they're working on it and we hope they are, but, but it is. And they assuredly and hopefully are spiritually mature and, and maybe oh, yeah. a little further down the road. But that doesn't, I mean, we're never, we're never fully baked. We're, we're always a work in progress. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Forever. In, in this life. And, you know, I think that's a big thing when you look at these, I think there is a power structure. There is a power dynamic. There is this ego, honor, entitlement. I need this. And I think for some people it is, I am above um, any kind of rebuke or law or whatever. And so I can 
cheat and steal mm. and yeah. I can take your money and go buy a jet. Yeah. I can, I can go, I can take this money. I can take this. I can cheat on my wife. I can do this to people who are below me and whatever kind of power dynamic there is. Um, I, I think there is, there can be that times of, I can do this because everyone has raised me up and people are going to protect me because they need me up they here. Need me. Yeah. They need me in this position. I am this church. I am this church. Yeah. And if this church loses me, this church is going to die. Yeah. And that is the worst thing that a minister can say mm. um, because you can come and go. This is God's church. Yeah, that's right. This isn't a preacher church. This isn't a, my church. This is God's church. And when you put yourself in that entitlement role, um, I think that's where it gets in trouble. And I think another thing is, is having a release mm. for preachers and ministers, Yeah, having small groups, having connect groups. And I know that's hard for like preachers. Like there's a lot of ministers that just aren't in a small group mm. because they're like, how they can I don't feel comfortable sharing in a small group? No, yeah. because then people ask them questions yeah. and people talk to them and yeah. say, Hey, we're dealing with this, but it's like, where do they go? And, um, and I know recently, and it's been for a long time, but there's been this rise of small groups for preachers, mm. other you know, preachers in the community, right. other ministers in this area of like, hey, we need to talk once every two or three months yeah. so I can unload and yeah. so I can do this. Because um, that's, you know, that's a sometimes that that's the only place you can do that. Right. I've been blessed being a student ministry for 10, 11, 12 years. I don't know how long it is that we have this core group of guys that we've had for about nine, 10 years that, um, that I know that I can call at any moment and say, hey, I need help. Yeah. And there's no judging eyes. Mm. There's no, well, then why are you in this position? Right. It's, yeah, man, we've been there. Yeah. How can we help? And like yeah. all these guys are no longer in ministry, but there's still guys that I know that I can call. Right. Um, so if you are a minister, listen to this, find you that community. Right. And it may not be at your church. Mm. You may have to go outside of your church. You may have to get with another minister in another state, whatever it is, but have a covenant small group feel with other people that you feel comfortable with. And it may be in your church and praise God that if you are a minister at church and you have a small group that you can do that with. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. But that's also very rare. For sure. I had a few things. I, you know, we are definitely not the expert on this, but I just tried to look around, see what, see what people are doing. Well, that kind of helps keep people out of these types of situations. Mm -hmm. Uh, and just wanted to share a couple of these if that's cool. Yeah. Um, I think I think the first one, and this is the the umbrella over it all, is that man, everything we do, you and I, Brett, yeah, all the ministry at this church, it's all pointing to God. It never, ever, ever points to us, and it doesn't even point to this institution. It doesn't point oh, to Homewood. Yeah, to it's pointing to church. God. It's pointing to the glory of the gospel, and I just think Colossians three really kind of helps. Uh, put a frame around that. It says, whatever you do, do it from the heart as something done for the Lord and not for people, knowing that you will receive the reward of an inheritance from the Lord. You serve the Lord Christ, for the wrongdoer will be paid back for whatever he has done, and there is no favoritism. Yeah. There's no favoritism. I don't really read a <laughs> qualification in there. It says there's no favoritism. I don't just because we decided to go into full-time ministry 
it doesn't make us any better. It doesn't make us any worse. Yeah. It doesn't make us any different than anybody else. There's no favoritism. We're all uh, working together in this. Um, another thing, and this one kind of came up a couple different places that I was looking around. It's like, don't take yourself too seriously. Yeah. You know, uh, I was reading, reading a really good book and it was just talking about how the church has lost its joy. And it's like, you know, there is, there's so much suffering and there's so much that people are going through. And it's like, how can we be joyful in the face of all this suffering. And so in an, in, in an effort to be serious people dealing with serious things, we've lost the ability to just be ourselves. We feel like we have to be this other thing when we get on stage, even yeah. when we do stupid stuff like announcements, like there's this, <laughs> there's this pull to be something other. Yeah. Um, and so just like, don't take yourself too seriously. Which and is why I'm still in student ministry. <laughs> I still get to dress like a minion and I get things thrown at me and pie in the face, pie in the face. And I'm just like, Hey, like sometimes you gotta be a little goofy yeah. to advance the kingdom. Absolutely. And to show, I would love what you said to show joy. joy. Cause we people should need be to people, see joy. Yeah. Our assemblies should be characterized by joy. What we're, we this every Sunday should be a celebration. Right? Of the King Jesus, yeah. and that we get to serve Him, and that He loves us. That's and that good we, news. Yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. This isn't CNN and Fox News where it's all negative yeah, and yeah. super serious. This is the best news. This yes. is the good news. This is a celebration. And I hate where we have in our church and our churches we have like celebration Sunday, yeah. and like we have one day to be like, oh, we're going to celebrate this <laughs> and that. And it's like. Every single Sunday is a celebration Sunday because right. we have another day to serve our King Jesus and another day to, to worship and glorify him and know that he loves us and that we get to bring people into this joy. Yeah. I think uh, sort of a little sub, sub note on that, you know, don't take yourself too seriously, is not placing yourself at the center of everything that your church is. And it's like what we just said, there should never be this perception that, well, if we lose preacher, yeah. this church is, this, that's it. You no, know, it's, it's not. It's that, never, it's never that serious. The man. church like, that so-and-so yeah. built. No, yeah. it's the church that Jesus built. Yeah, and this right. is his church and preachers come and go. Preachers yeah. move, preachers die, preachers retire. Yep. It doesn't matter. The gospel pushes forward. That still pushes forward. Yeah. And there is this weird deal when churches get bigger and bigger. Um, you think about budgets and you mm. think about um, all the committees. We love, we love our committees and our teams and our planning and Absolutely. to have somebody. And, and I don't want to do it all. <laughs> well, one, I don't want to do it all, but, but there is this aspect when you think about these mega, mega churches, there is one in our town that is like the third largest church. Enormity. It's, it's so many campuses. They have a, their own college. Yeah. They do amazing work, but yeah. imagine being the head of that being like, I am in charge of, this million dollar budget and all these and 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 they're more of a CEO yeah. than they are of a preacher. And there are some people that do that well. Yeah. That do it really, really well. Yeah. But I think we lose that joy when it's like more of like I'm the CEO of the I gotta church. keep this thing going. Yes. And <laughs> better than last year. Yeah. And you get to this corporate yeah. um work institution and feel more more of but it should be this 
loving community. Um, And when you lose track of, when you get more focused on budgets and committees and moving forward and building and this, Mm. and, and you lose focus on the number one goal, and that is how do I make this place and everything around me more like the kingdom of God, right? Then you lose track of what's important. Yeah. When you, I think when you take yourself too seriously, it's easy to forget that God is the energy and the power and, and the movement in a church. And you start thinking, Oh, well, it's this program that we came up with, or it's my speaking, or it's the, it's our children's ministry or, and, and it's God working in and through all those things. And well, you are just a, a piece, hopefully a faithful piece. Yes. But you got to remember. Who well, you and are. I th- well, and I think there's another part of this. I think uh, like God has blessed people to speak. Sure. In a awesome, engaging. I mean, there are a, a ton of preachers that I'm like, I love to hear you more than this other preacher. Right. Not that what they're saying is not good either. Um, but God has blessed a lot of people to preach and to read his word and to narrow it down mm-hmm. and to make it in a palatable way that impacts people. Yeah. You think like Francis Chan. Yeah. I love Francis Chan because he can take super complex things. And for me, I need it dumbed down <laughs> and he puts it in a way that I can take and go, yeah. Oh, that's perfect. Uh, um, but one thing I love about Francis Chan is that he like left his church because he said we got too much into being churchiness, this church thing, yeah. Instead of being Christians and advancing the kingdom, right. and, and very very humble. Yeah, but that's rare. <laughs> but but again, we shouldn't put him up there. Yeah, like I shouldn't put him up being like, oh, it's Francis Chan. Oh, he's in the bill. Oh oh, man, I got to hear so and so speak one day. I got to hear David Platt speak. I got to hear Bob Goff speak. I got to. No, no. I got to hear word of God spoken through that person and they right. did a good job at it and praise God for that. Yeah. But they have faults too. Hey, I'm going to give you some, give you some props and Brett, some props too, real quick. Every time you've ever spoken and I've come to you afterwards and said, Hey man, you did a really good job. First thing out of your mouth is you say, praise God. That took me a while. Yeah. Yeah. And I know you do it on purpose. Yes. And I appreciate that. Well, that, uh, thank you. Thank you for those words. I, I, there was a preacher, I don't know if I talk about this on, I know I have spoken about it before, but I don't know about here. I was in college and I was an intern and there was a guy speaking at this other church camp I went to. I went to help out at this other church camp. He spoke and I am not a seventh grade, eighth grade boy. I am a college student in the back and I'm in tears. Yeah. It was incredible. Yeah. Like it just the way, and I was also a communications major. So I've really appreciated like <laughs> awesome, awesome transitions and the words that he used and the imagery that he used and the way that he spoke and did everything. I was just like, Hey, everything was perfect. Yeah. I was like, this is one of the best sermons I've ever heard. And, and so, uh, and so then I went to him afterwards and I said, Keith, dude, that was amazing. And he said, praise God. Yeah. And I said, Oh, <laughs> you, you did great. <laughs> you put this work, man. Like, yeah. I know that you didn't do this just now. Like you spent hours and you crafted and this is your craft and yeah. this is your work. This is your handiwork that you did. And he said, it's all because God did it. Yeah. He's like, God put these words in me and God helped me out. Um, and for me to be a speaker, I spent a lot of time of, I need to come up with the perfect words right. and perfect stuff. And, um, the, the older I've gotten and the more that I think about that, me being in college, being like, 
God's the reason I can speak. Yeah. He's the reason I can read. reason I'm here that I had this opportunity to get to speak mm. and preach at church or to teens. And so, and so when someone said that to me, I just, I, just, I just praise God that you got something out of it. Yeah. And usually when I preach, I, I try to do the same prayer at the beginning of every prayer mm. or of every sermon. And I just pray, you know, God, just thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for this moment. And at any time I do not speak your words, shut my mouth. Mm. Like make it where I can't speak. Cause yeah. if I'm speaking more about me and yeah. more about what I know, I want to speak what you speak Yeah, and I want to give your words yeah. and you can cut this microphone off. You can make <laughs> me go hoarse, do whatever you want to. Cause yeah. I just want him to be glorified. Right. Um, but that took some humbling and that took some maturing to mm. know. Yeah. I can never preach here again or anywhere else. I just hope that God's word <laughs> is still being preached. Yeah. No matter who it is. Yeah. Um, so thank you for those. Yeah. For that, uh, that kind of word. And another example of that is uh, our, our preacher, Brett. I think he models this really well. And he would be uncomfortable even with me <laughs> sharing this because and we're good friends with him. He's yeah. just like that. Um, but out of, out of a respect for him and the hard work that he does in preparing a message each week, you know, it just kind of became a habit of mine when I would do the closing announcement, I would kind of thank Brett Yeah, yeah. for, you know, the great message. And he came to me, uh, one Sunday afternoon after that. And he was like, Hey, you know, I appreciate you saying that it means a lot to me personally, but you know, I'm, I really would rather you didn't. Yeah. And you know, if you want to, if you want to give thanks for something, give thanks to God for the message. And I'm like, okay, respect, <laughs> yeah. respect. That's, that's modeling this type of attitude that we're talking about. So, I, you know, we, we've, we've got some good stuff going on here as far <laughs> as humility is concerned. That, well, that's key. And I've been humbled enough and I have been in those areas where I was not like that. Yeah. And they got put back in my face yeah. and it was more, and I was just thankful that I had ministers and mentors and friends to go, no, here's your place. Yeah. Your place isn't up here. Your place is right where it should be. Yeah. And just be humble and thankful. Yeah. Um, you know, that we have the opportunity to get to do this. Yep. Two more quick ones. Okay. Um, the next one is stay present. And this one's interesting to me because this is actually something that I find myself struggling with a little bit, even in my role okay. here. Um, you know, we're so uh involved with people that sometimes like soon as church is over you just kind of want to slip out the back door get to your truck well we have kids and we have home. families and there was a lot of stuff going on and uh you know it's just like making yourself available to the people that you're ministering to keeps you engaged with them keeps you feeling relatable to them that you're one of these people um, but there was a second thing that with this that I thought was really interesting. It makes space for people in your church that don't have influence or power. So I, okay. I wonder, I wonder if you can relate to this as we're planning things uh -huh. and thinking about ministry and thinking about the life of this church. When we think about how we're going to plug people in or mm -hmm. people that we want to meet with about oh, different yeah. things, our minds go to the people. We have about who, 15 people that we can always call on. And they're dynamic and they're easy to work with mm. and they're excellent and yeah, they're yeah. this and this and this. But there's probably a huge list of people that aren't on our list. How are we going to interact with those people if we don't just make ourselves available in these public spaces? So I think just keeping yourself present 
well, with your church and not separating yourself unnecessarily having a back door out the church, uh, you know, having security guards that keep you <laughs> yeah. segmented from people, staying connected, staying connected to the body. Well, and then, and then I thought about this in a different way when you, you know, when you just said this about being present is in church work and like everything else, we are thinking two, three, yeah, six yeah, yeah. months in advance. Right. We are always thinking, well, we have to plan for, camp that's going to be in July and we got right. to plan for all these things and men's night and the if conference with like our ladies, like yeah. that's here in a few, like we're always planning in advance, but to be present in what, what is around you today? What's happening right now? Um, yeah. And so like, I'm pumped today. Like I get to go have lunch with a student here today yeah. and I'm like, man, I could easily be like, no, I have to get my kids at one. Yeah. I, I got to plan for this. I got a zoom call. I got a meeting. It was like, no, be present with those around you. Yeah. Um, Cause that's what we're here to do. Yeah. Like, yes, do your work. Yeah. <laughs> plan for the future. Do it well. Yeah. But don't lose sight of those that are immediately around you in the yeah. next day or two. No doubt. That you can call and text and be with and just encourage and learn more. Um, that's one of my favorite things is like sitting in a staff meeting and being like, hey, do you know so-and-so does this? And you're like, I had no idea had no about idea. them. Yeah. I don't know that they do that. And it's like, well, we just had conversation. It's like, yeah. Well, that's good to know. Yeah. And how many more people are like that in church that have amazing gifts and mm. talents that we don't even know about? Right. That we could not use them, but we can use them for the kingdom yeah. that fits their lane. Get them plugged in. And get them yeah. plugged in to be like, hey, Help them find you have an amazing stuff. talent that yeah. you don't think you have or you don't know or you, you have. Or you don't know that it can be used. Used. Yeah. Here. But it can. Yeah. And so, man, let's get you plugged in this way. And you didn't know that there was five other people that have the same talent and you know, like a passion that you have, right? How can we get y'all together? Yeah. Um, and that's being present. Good stuff. That's doing your job as communication or not a communications, uh, connections minister. There you go. That's a totally different job. Uh, last one. And you kind of hit on this, uh, already, but it's like, you got to have people in your life that are allowed to ask you hard questions. You should never, be elevated, either elevated yourself or elevated by other people to a place where you aren't approachable, you aren't uh, allowed to be questioned or, um, and, and I think that that can take a lot of different forms. Um, yeah. But what, what does accountability mean to you? It could be a small group mm -hmm. of fellow ministers yeah. that you can be for real honest with, it could be your shepherds. It could be having, but, but having people in your life who have permission to ask you hard questions. Well, and this isn't just a minister thing. You may be the big time lawyer in your community, the right. big time doctor. You may be the principal of the school. You may be on your own company, on your own company. It may be whatever. And you feel like, at my position, I can't be that vulnerable and open because that's going to affect my business mm. or affect our, our mm -hmm. job or wherever it may be. You got to have those friends, yeah. those people around you um, that can ask you those questions and that you can call and text them and say, no, I need you now. Right. Like, can I call you about something I'm struggling with or I have questions and I have this. Um, so this isn't just a minister thing. This is... That's a people thing. This is a people thing where we feel like... A leadership like, thing, really. 
if you're really, in a position of leadership. Yeah. Yeah. Where it feels like I, I can't be that vulnerable because that looks bad on me and on my business and on my company and right. on what we're doing. No, yeah. like our number one job is to grow in our spiritual walk with God. Right. Um, and he doesn't care that you're a lawyer and a preacher and a doctor or the president of whatever company or of the country or whatever it is. <laughs> he cares that you're growing in him. Yeah. And if your position of power is hindering that, maybe you shouldn't be in that position of power. Mm. Or maybe you got to work extra hard to seek out and find people that are like-minded that know what you're going through. Yeah. Right. I think about, you know, people that go through like NA or like AA, like they don't care what you do. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's not like, Oh, look, so-and-so that's just like, Hey, we know that you want to get help and we want to help you do that. Right. And so they don't care if you're whatever your title is. Yeah. They just want to be there and help you. Yeah. And the same in the church. Like you want people in your corner that says, I don't care what you are. Yeah. I want to be here to help you. Yeah. And then you want to help them. Yep. Um, and that's discipleship. <laughs> yeah. That's discipleship. Right. Yeah. Um, if you if you only have people around you who say yes. Yes, man. Yeah. That's a red flag to you. <laughs> and you it, take and it should note be. of that. Yeah. Yeah. I think the key word here, this whole conversation is humility. It's being humble. Absolutely. You know, that, that's, a, that's a defining marker of being a follower of Jesus. And I, I think I read this every third or fourth podcast, but it's just a profound piece of scripture from second Philippians, Philippians, second Philippians. I was like, we have a new book guys. Philippians two. two. I was like, wow, you found a new book. Sweet. So I found a new book yeah. and uh, second, I'm just going to read this. this second is, Daniel. If we're going to follow Jesus, this is Jesus. Adopt the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus, who existing in the form of God did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited. Instead, he emptied himself by, by assuming the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of humanity. And when he had come as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. For this reason, God highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The knee doesn't bow to that person. Yeah. They don't confess how good I am, that they confess to God, that they yeah. bow at the cross. Yeah, amen. Humility. We can read that every every podcast. <laughs> um, well, thank you guys for joining us. Uh, this was, I'd say, a fun one. This is a hard one. Yeah. Um, but I, It's important. But I think it's very, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Important for us. You know, we're, we're talking to ourselves here. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, but this... For every, I think it's for everybody. So yeah. hopefully that you guys enjoyed this. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, episode 28. Mm. Uh, if we didn't say it before, I'm Justin. This is Chris. I'm Chris. Uh, and make sure, please subscribe. Email us, thebubblefoons at gmail.com. Yep. You can go to our Twitter, our Instagram. We need to do better at that. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, but just hit us up. Yes. Uh, we'd love to hear from you guys. If you write a review or send us an email, and it's appropriate, we'll read it. Uh, we'll give you a shout out. Share this with somebody. Um, man, we've enjoyed it. We hope that you guys have a good week. And we will catch y'all next week. Bye,